Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Welcome to the First Baptist Church of Tryon. Thanks for stopping by our YouTube channel to check out this Sunday sermon. I do want to remind you that we worship on Zoom at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And you can find uh, all the information about that in the description below and, and how you might join those Zoom meetings and the other times that we meet. We would love to have you to join us. The scripture text this morning is from Matthew 18. Hear these words. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment be made to him. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in his anger... His Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Peter asked the question, So if a 
another member of the church sins against me, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? Now, sometimes we we read that, I think, a little too literally. I don't think Peter probably really infers here a literal seven times. Seven being this, this theological number that represents wholeness or perfection. That's probably, that's a more generous way to read it anyway, and that's probably uh, the way Peter is asking it. And Jesus says, no, 77 times, which would be sort of this really, really perfect whole kind of number, this perfect kind of forgiveness. Or it could be translated 70 times 70. It's either either of those translations work. The point is that the, the, the way in which we forgive is beyond the comprehension. There's no score being kept. And I know this, this question being posed here is the context is about church members and how do you forgive them? Because right above this section is a whole section about how you deal with conflict in the church. And that is the context. But I don't think forgiveness is supposed to just stay inside the church. Forgiveness is certainly a hallmark of the church. But it just doesn't stay inside. We don't just forgive each other. This is who we are as a people. And so Jesus tells this parable to, <laughs> to further explain just how much de- forgiveness is woven into our very being. And so here's the story. So this slave, he has an unbelievable amount of debt. One commentator said, it's a bajillion dollars. <laughs> it's a lot. Really, it's, it's hyperbole. No slave could have been indebted that much. That's probably more than the king even would have had to have lent him to start with. But the king says it's time to pay up and he can't do it. And so he's going to sell him. He's going to sell his wife. He's going to sell his children. He's going to sell everything that he has. And this way, he can collect part of that debt, because trust me, that wouldn't have been worth a bajillion dollars, right? But he's going to at least get some of his money back. But this slave falls on his knees and he says, please be patient with me and I will pay you everything. Well, that's not going to happen. He can't. He can't repay. It's too much. He is too deep in debt. He is never going to get out of debt. And so the king has mercy on him. He forgives his debt and he releases him. And so this slave now freed, so joyous about a new lease on life, he immediately leaves and goes to another slave who owes him a buck or two and grabs him by the throat and says, pay up. And, and, and the slave's like, Look, I don't have anything. You can't. And then he throws him in jail over a few bucks. Well, the other slaves are obviously bothered by this hypocrisy. I mean, this is so blatantly hypocritical. His slate's been wiped clean from this insurmountable amount of debt. And then just because this guy won't pay up a couple of bucks, he throws him in jail. And it, it makes them angry. They can't believe this. Well, they're not the only ones who are angry. The king comes in and he says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm going to offer you mercy, and this is how you're going to act? 
really? Could, could you not have shown him the kind of mercy that I showed you? And then in his anger, the king hands him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. And then Jesus ends this parable with these words. He says, so my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brothers or sisters. Wow. (laughs) Ouch. I mean, I loved reading the first part of the parable about the mercy that the king offered. (laughs) But this way that it ends, I, I, I must admit, it's hard to read. Ouch. You, you may have seen those bumper stickers. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. And that's true as far as it goes. But it's a shame that we have to <laughs> publicize that, right? I mean, should we really have to tell folks that we've been forgiven? Because, you see, you would think, that people who have been forgiven, you would think they would act like it. And by act like it, I mean you would think they would also be known for their forgiveness. People who have really been forgiven, people who have been set free, people who have received mercy, they know what that is like, and so they also extend it to other people. I remember hearing this story about a couple of guys having lunch. One of them was a minister. The other guy was his friend, but this guy wasn't, uh, he wasn't a church member. He wasn't really a believer in God. And yet they had this deep friendship and the minister, because out of, he wasn't trying to convert him as a statistic or something, but because he really cared for this guy, he was trying to really help him understand what the gospel was about. And so while they were having lunch, they were in a sports bar, and there was a TV, and on the TV was the story about Ted Haggard, who had been the, or was at that time, I guess, or had just resigned or been fired, however I should say it. He was the head of the National Association for Evangelicals. I think it was back like in 2006, and here was Ted Haggard up on the TV screen. He had been all over the pages because here was this minister, head of the Association for Evangelicals, and he had been found in a hotel room with a male prostitute, and I think they were smoking crack, or there was some kind of illicit drugs involved in it, and it was this huge scandal. And so uh, the guy pointed to the TV screen and said, that is why I don't do the church stuff. That's why. And so the minister said, he said, look, I get it. I get it. I hate the hypocrisy too. I despise the hypocrisy. But we're not all hypocrites like that. And the guy stopped and he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say anything about hypocrisy. (laughs) Not about Ted's hypocrisy anyway. The reason I'm not involved in the church is because I hear you folks talk about forgiveness all the time. And yet, when one of your own needs it, you don't give forgiveness. You eat your own. That's why I'm not part of a church. Wow. 
I thought it would have been the hypocrisy of Ted Haggard that would have kept this guy from the church. But no, it was the hypocrisy of a church that preaches forgiveness and doesn't offer forgiveness. The guy went on to say, he's like, this guy's had his life ruined. He's been all over the TV. He's a He's confessed, he's apologized, and you people just won't forgive him. You eat your own. I'll never forget reading that. The lack of mercy that we show to each other. We're not the only ones who see that. You would think people who have been forgiven, you'd think we'd know how to forgive. You'd think that people who've been shown mercy would know how to extend mercy. We've, we've racked up this debt that we can't even imagine. We, we don't know how indebted we really are. It's more than we can imagine. We can never pay off this debt. And it's been erased. It's been wiped clean. And when you get that, when you get what it feels like to be forgiven, well, you would think we couldn't help but offer that. I mean, how can you withhold forgiveness when you know what it is to be forgiven? That's what Jesus is saying to Peter here. He's like, look, you can't. You can't withhold that. You have to forgive. It's who you are. Tom Long says it this way. He says that if you are not willing to practice forgiveness, then you are rejecting your own identity. You're saying, I no longer want to be a citizen of the kingdom because this kingdom is about forgiveness. Do you remember that terrible massacre just down the road in Charleston at the Mother Emanuel Church there. Terrible. Remember that. This, this racist kid goes into a Wednesday night Bible study. These, these folks welcome him into their church and then he murders them. Terrible. And yet at the arraignment and after, they, they offer forgiveness to him. They even pray that God would have mercy on him. They didn't do that because they felt like it. I, I'm fairly certain they did not feel like it. They did it because their faith compelled them to do it. They did it because Jesus had done it for them. They did it because they didn't know what else to do. It's in their very DNA as people of Jesus who have been forgiven. We forgive. We forgive because this is who God is. God is the forgiving one. God is the merciful one. May it rub off on us. Oh, Lord. May it rub off on us.
in this broken, splintered, fractured, polarized world, in churches that are fractured and polarized and conflicted, Lord, may it rub off on us. Teach us to forgive. Amen. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, and that means you have been forgiven. You have been set free. You have been released. Go and do likewise. Show mercy. Offer grace. Because you are children of God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen. Oh, goodness, I'm getting eaten alive by the bugs.